Well, my name's Roger. I'm one of the leaders of the church here. Let me extend a warm welcome uh, to you to Dorchester Community Church. I want to tell you about um, somebody that I knew a long time ago, a young person. Um, just for argument's sake, we'll call him Giles. Uh, that was his name, but I'm pretty sure he's going to actually never get to hear this. Uh, Giles... Um, wasn't the most gifted individual you'll ever come across, but he was always very keen. And uh, there was a, a, a kind of like a cafe that was open uh, adjacent to the church I was a part of 30-odd years ago, and he was very keen to be involved there. It was always difficult to find something. <laughs> I just realised somebody used to go to my church and they're nodding. Oh no, the cat's out the bag. Okay, well you would know that this is true. <laughs> Always got to be careful when things are being recorded. You can uh, check this out with Richard uh, later. Giles was keen to be involved. And uh, what could you give Giles to do in the cafe? Somebody had a great idea. said, well, but actually all the salt pots need to be filled up. Would you be able to do that? He, he raced off. He was really keen to do that. Thought, well, that's okay. Won't take too long. Somebody then checked to see how he was getting on. Have you done the salt pots? Would you like the next job? No, still, still actually doing the salt pots. He's obviously doing it really, really properly. Really, really seriously. About 25 minutes later, still no sign of Giles whatsoever. The reason and it was taking so long you might probably guess that he was trying to get the salt in the top of the one little hole uh, at the top of the salt pots now we laugh but Giles was very very keen and eager to serve and that's really what matters most Jesus himself said I am among you as one who serves in Luke chapter 22 verse 27 as you go through the development and growth of the early church, you'll see a lot there about the way the church served one another. Sharing property, sharing meals, giving to those less well off, administering food supplies, supporting missionaries, helping their communities. The structure and recognised roles came some time later, but the church would not have grown without that commitment to look after their own and to serve their own people. It's worth pausing at that point to maybe reflect about where we are uh, in comparison, uh, maybe. Whoever wants to become great must become a servant, Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 43. Words that kind of like just don't really fit in our own society or culture, do they? We, we've got an idea of what greatness may well look like, and we might not think of serving. I don't know uh, what comes to mind when you think of serving. As soon as I was thinking of an example, my mind went back uh, to Forty Towers and the henpecked Spanish waiter uh, called uh, Manuel. Manuel, toilet rolls are needed. Mr. And, Mis Mr. and Mrs. Carnegie, 22. Off went Manuel, not to room 22, but with 22 toilet rolls uh, taken up uh, to that particular room. What about you and me when it comes to serving? Some of us maybe feel we can't do anything, especially for God. I come across a lot of people like that. Some of us feel we've done our bit, we've done too much, and now it's maybe somebody else's turn. Some of us are unsure what we could do, if anything. Some of us feel we aren't maybe good enough to do anything for God, or what we do isn't as good as what we would like it to be. 
Some of us may feel a sense of inadequacy when it comes to doing what maybe we believe that God has called us to do. I could put my own name next to that and I guess some of you could too. Some of us again maybe wonder if we're in the right place when it comes to serving or do we sometimes feel the tension of being a square peg in a round hole. What do we feel about what we do or where we should be? Those are questions I invite you to just think through. This is what God's word says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. The wonderful thing is, if you are a Christian, God's word says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7, that, that every Christian has been given gifts. That's an encouragement if you're a follower of Jesus here this morning. It's also good to know that he is the one who has determined those gifts that we have indeed received in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. God also promises that he will equip those he calls in whatever task or whatever avenue of service that you have put your hand up for and thought, yep, this is where I am going to serve. I love the quote of uh, someone called Ethel Waters who said, God don't make no junk. (laughs) That's black and white blunt, isn't it? God don't make no junk. Encouragement this morning is for us to get involved, but to get involved for the right reasons. Not due to guilt or to look good in front of other people or because it meets a need maybe within us or even because the pastor has asked if you might do something. But rather, 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 2 says, Be eager to serve. Allow yourselves that, that sense of eagerness that comes from within out of your relationship with God. Elsewhere in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7, Paul said to one church that we should serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord. Not men and women. That changes the whole sense of how we might approach what we do, does it not? Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 is somewhat similar. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. And Romans 14 verse 18 encourages us that anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God. Those are all positive verses that I hope we receive. Scripture talks, and we won't unpack this, but scripture talks elsewhere about us each being created to serve, about us being saved to serve about us being called to serve, and about us being commanded to serve. Now just imagine for one moment, the pause button is pressed, and then God's saying to someone, I created you to serve, I saved you to serve, I called you to serve, and I commanded you to serve. Which part of that did you not understand? It's really quite clear, isn't it, what our response ought to be as the people of God. But I hope that you see serving as an opportunity, not as a chore. It always frustrates me whenever I see lists uh, hanging around in different churches about jobs to be done, because that's only the way that we're going to view it. 
unless we see it through a right lens spiritually that these are opportunities to serve one another but to serve your Lord and your Saviour. That can change everything. Everything ought to be about Jesus. Viewing anything else, therefore, as a chore is maybe a bit of an insult to God, isn't it? Jesus said, the Father will honour and reward anyone who serves me. And Paul encourages us in it. Um, uh, elsewhere, elsewhere, sorry, not Paul, we're encouraging Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, that God will not forget how hard you have worked for him. Sometimes we're wondering, you know, why we do what we do. Or we get tired, or we get frustrated, or people don't notice. There will be that right reward in due time. In the meantime, we're encouraged to persevere. What's important is our motive, isn't it? As we're doing those things, and many of you are so busy for God here, in and through the different ministries that you're involved with. Is our motive to impress, to influence, to manipulate, or is it because we know that there is that brief phrase that's going to come our way from the Lord Jesus, we hope, one day. Well done, good and faithful servant. Servant, for that is ultimately what we are. I hope as well that we get involved where things matter to us. As you look around here this morning, you'll notice that we all look very, very different. That's pretty obvious. But the way that we've been wired is very different too. In terms of those things that we have a passion for and a heart for. And we were thinking about this yesterday at, at Cafe Church. Those things that maybe feel extra important to ourselves. That may well be an area that God is wanting to nudge you and encourage you to have an involvement with. Listen to your heart. Now, it is true, isn't it, that our hearts can mislead us sometimes in terms of our feelings towards certain people or certain situations, but it also declares what we love and what or who we're passionate about. Think about a loved one or a special, precious friend. The Bible uses the word heart in a very positive way to describe our desires, our hopes, our ambitions, our dreams. 1 Peter 5 5 says this, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the person. That which is coming out from within reflects the way that we are wired. Our heart says different things. We're passionate about different things. So instead of being bewildered somewhat about why other people don't get excited about what you get excited about, just home in on why God has given you that passion and that heart. We've got many people who are involved in a variety of, of different ministries here. There'll be some of them you will see in bright orange brick-like pieces of paper on one of the tables in the cafe that you can have a think about some of the opportunities that there are here uh, to be involved. It's not an exhaustive list, but different people are invi- involved in those different things because of what floats their boat. But for others, it may well not at all. Some of the smaller ministries, people, if you're a part of a small team here, sometimes you can get very frustrated about, well, why, why don't more people get this? Why aren't more people involved? Probably, main thing is because God has given them a heart for something else. And if everybody just had that heart for what you've got a heart for, we would do one thing as a church, and then not the rest of the ministries that we have, that we're involved in here, which are very many and very diverse. 
Serve the Lord with all your heart. We read in Romans chapter 12 verse 16. Which implies that God is wanting there to be a passion in the way that we serve. Doesn't matter what it is. Even those bits that we maybe find less exciting. Maybe reappropriate that again for who it is that we're serving. And ask him to give you that sense of joy. You know, often those things that we have a heart for are those things that we pray for most. So if you're wondering what you've got a heart for, just have a think about the particular things that you see or that you hear going on that you pray about more than other things. That is probably the sense of passion and heart that you have been given by God. Get involved where it matters to you because you're going to get a lot more out of it and enjoy uh, that. If you hate kids, don't get involved with the kids' work. They're not going to give you any thanks for that at all. I I love uh, the fact that we had a a doctor here some years ago and he said, I'd I'd love to become a a member of the church, uh, but I need to to tell you this, I, I, I don't do children. So that's okay. He said, no, I don't play an instrument either. So that's okay. No, 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 no. I'm not finished yet. Uh, I don't do anything uh, at the front. Okay, that's right. I don't do anything in terms of paperwork at all. And he was rattling off about, I can't really do anything at all. And this was a, a doctor. You know the way that worked out about the way that that guy was involved? Uh, I just happened to throw, I said, look, you're a very busy guy. I'll tell you where we haven't got anybody involved at all. It's usually the music group who already turn up an hour and a half before everybody else who have to set all the chairs out for everybody else to sit on. Is there a chance that his eyes lit up? And for some years, that guy, some of you will know who I'm talking about, either at the end of his, of his shift or his night shift or very early on that Sunday morning, would turn up with the key to the church and set the whole place up for you and I to have somewhere to sit. He didn't make a big song and dance about it, but boy, did that guy have a heart to serve. Love people like that. What about if we don't quite know where to get involved? Well, why not take the opportunity to test the waters? It's true, isn't it? Very often you're not going to know unless you try. What about a particular food? Are you going to like that? Well, we might take a look at it from a distance. I don't know if I'm going to like that. How are you going to know? Actually, take a spoonful. It's not rocket science. Some um, ministries lend itself to that opportunity to simply test the waters. We don't otherwise know if something is going to be for us unless we try it. If something doesn't feel right, that is okay. Just don't then do it. Just flag up with the person who oversees that ministry. I don't know if this is me, but can I come out to you with that? Or can I do that for a couple of weeks to see if that is maybe where God is calling me to serve? Just then try something else, because there will be something for you. Please don't wait to be asked to do something by me. Please don't wait until you receive an email or a letter from someone. Most of the ways that people are, end up being involved in church life, I've discovered, is only when they're asked. How many times have we seen opportunities to serve Jesus in our weekly news sheet? You all have, if you've been here before, because there were 13 opportunities to serve in the build-up to Christmas. 13. We had four of those covered. What happens to the other nine? Well, we got there with some of those. How? I'll tell you why. Because different individuals spoke directly to other peoples. 
Just give that to God and say, God, is this something that I could maybe do? Things like Christmas, there's plenty of one-offs. So if you're one of those very busy people where you can't do a week-by-week thing, that's absolutely fine. But one-off things about turning up for maybe a Christmas event, helping out in the kitchen or something, that's something maybe for more busy people to be involved in. I believe God wants us to use our common sense and to be proactive as we seek his plan as to where it is that maybe we should be involved in serving. And offering that, often that journey to discovering that is quite a joy as well. That through that we might indeed see God more clearly. And that's what we're seeking to be about this year. As well as our reflecting, what about being brave enough to ask someone for feedback? If you've given it a bash to do something, say, well, how do I do it? Is this okay? Feedback is a gift, if we're honest with one another. I mean, I'm sure if you're the person that's giving the feedback, you won't say, you're rubbish, get out of my sight. Let's be a bit more constructive uh, in terms of the feedback. But it may well be, well, it, it could be you, it could well not be, but may well try something else. You know, let's be honest one with another. I think predominantly we should seek to serve God where he has gifted us. That's key. But we should also seek to serve for no other reason than we're called to serve. There are a whole host of things that don't need particular skill sets or spiritual gifts at all. Whether that's clearing cups away or cleaning the toilets or setting chairs out or whatever. What's needed is for individuals to say, I'm willing to do that. Last Sunday, when we were inviting people afterwards, before going for a cup of coffee, instead of leaving it to Dave and Gloria and Roger and Nina to set the chairs out for the Focus uh, Senior Sets Tea, uh, why not clear a few chairs around? I won't tell you how many individuals chose to do that, but you don't really need a degree or a particular spiritual gift to move a chair from A to B, do you? Just a willingness to pick up, there's a need, I'll seek to do it. That's all that is required very often. I think alongside primary gifts that we get given or a heart to serve, there is also a spiritual gift of service. Some of you that have been around the church a long time will know different individuals that have been given a specific spiritual gift of service. Only a few people have got that. It's not to say that the rest of us don't serve but there are some people that just go overboard, overboard, overboard. And I'll mention just one person by name, not because I want to get into trouble with the rest of you, but because they're not here and I've known them for 16 years. Ian Blackie is one of those, isn't he? You try tying Ian Blackie down and saying, take your foot off the gas, don't do so much. He can't help but give and give and give and give. And many of us know what it it, it means to be on the receiving end of Ian doing something for us or serving in this church, don't we? There are several others, but some of you that are here, and I wouldn't wish uh, to embarrass you uh, to that end. But you'll know what I mean when I mention Ian. That's slightly different, isn't it? Beyond the few that have got that specific gift, every Christian is called to carry out acts of service. And every Christian is called to have a heart to serve. That long list of names that Chris read out is littered with different individuals that Paul is giving God thanks for in the church at Rome for that which they did, for their support, their service, their acts, their deeds. And I'm grateful to God that it was Chris that read those names and not me. Lastly, get involved and seek to stay 
involved. Those with a servant heart complete tasks, keep promises, fulfill their commitments, turn up when on a rota, and don't quit when they don't get their own way. Why do I mention those things? Because I've been doing what I've been doing for close on 30 years. And there's a variety of reasons why we chuck in the lot. I'm not getting my way. Should be going this way. Therefore, I've known people withdraw their giving when they don't get their way in a particular ministry. Oh, how our own motives could get mixed up with what we started maybe out of a heart and longing to serve our God. Faithfulness is rare. God's word says this in Proverbs 20 verse 6. A faithful man or woman. Who can find? Wow. What a challenge that is, isn't it? It's particularly difficult, uh, I've discovered, in areas of youth ministry and children's work. The, uh, the, the length of time that people are involved in that ministry tends to be shorter than any other ministry. You might well say, well, I totally get that. That would, that would rip my hair out and everything else. So when it comes to the likes of Dave Enright, who's 73, I believe, still involved in community kids... Give God thanks for people that are saying, you know what, I'm in this for the long haul. Because I long to serve and I want to encourage those around us. He would happily take a back seat. But he's wanting to be committed to, to, to that particular ministry for the long haul. May God grant us that capacity to not be in things for bite-sized chunks, although anything that people do do is of value. But say, God, would you give me that sense of longevity? And a bucket load of grace that I need to keep going, particularly when things get tough. That sense of commitment is, I mean, you, you would see it in, uh, throughout, uh, up and down our land in whole uh, ranges of different situations. Commitment uh, is, is rare, uh, isn't it? It seems these days. And, and apathy seems to be on the increase, does it not? You're not bothered, are you, whether or not apathy is on the increase or not? There's an irony, isn't it? Wow. God sees. And he's looking for people saying, I'm in this for the long haul, I believe. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Again, a verse said to a church. So it's right that we appropriate that and reflect on that about where that is, uh, is relevant for ourselves. In thinking about where we're at, it would be absolutely right to say bucket loads of people here in this church give more than they should give in terms of time and service and behind the scenes stuff. Thank God for those people. Those people that maybe you catch doing things that you didn't know that they did. Or maybe we've taken that role and that ministry for granted because they've done it for so long. Why not email them an encouragement to say, you know what, I really want to say thank God for you and what you do in that particular role. Because without it, we wouldn't have a church, would we? Those little orange pieces of paper that are scattered on the first table that you come to out in the, ca- in the cafe area, they only happen because of people. They're all people ministries. Take the people in a way, we have no ministries. No ministries means we have no church, really. We need people, don't we? 
Sometimes, though, I, I am aware that people feel very down and low and inadequate in their own selves about what they might be able to do. I want to encourage every person here that you are good enough to serve. You honestly are. I believe that because I believe what God's word says about each of us being given gifts. I believe it because there are no superstars in church life at all. While excellence is great to aim for, not doing something until or unless it's excellent is not. God, it strikes me, takes our good enough and then can do something very special through it. And I see that every single week as a part of the life of this church. People giving something a bash, people giving it their best shot. And some days it's better than others, but when we place things in the hands of Jesus, there's a lot more that can happen more than we can possibly, immeasurably more than we can possibly imagine, isn't it? That's, that's what God's word reminds us time and time again. If we waited until we were excellent, well, we'd never do anything, would we? Start now. Serve now. Give God all you've got. We've got an opportunities to serve sheet as well. You can find that on the website, actually. But uh, Rich will be pleased to know I've updated that uh, this week. It may well be one or two bits not quite right. But as much as I'm confident in, uh, there's a variety of things in it. And, and for most on that sheet, you'll think, that's not for me. But if you were to pick up that sheet of paper and say, God, is there anything that you want me to be involved in? It might be just one thing. Not only might that one thing impact your life wouldn't it be amazing if God then used you to impact another through that because it's that which we do together that then makes the church what it is so we're going to have a variety of those that are left out in the foyer area for you to just uh, grab it's important I think that as we close I mention something about this whole thing of, of serving because Pick up from time to time. Of course, if I'm involved in serving, and well, maybe I'll do the chairs afterwards because people will see that and think, Roger, you didn't ought to do that as a pastor of the church. Oh, no, I know, but I'm really enjoying the people seeing me lift a chair. Great, five people seeing it, that's it. That's my one. Motive, heart. Are we involved in doing those things so that hopefully we can press the tick box and and the amount of good deeds that we do will then outweigh our bad deeds and that will be how that we then one day get to heaven? No. And it's important that we understand that. We are not saved by serving. We can never be saved by trying to do lots of good things. Because that would never be good enough. If that's what you want to buy into, then you need to seek to be a part of another worldview or another religion. It is not Christianity. That's not how Christianity works at all. But rather, we are saved for serving. And there's an important difference. What Jesus did when he hung on the cross means that we could be saved. Means that we could be forgiven for our wrongdoing. It is by grace that you have been saved, Paul reminded one church at Ephesus in chapter 2, verse 8. Not by good works, so that none of us can boast. It is by grace. And that is something that we don't deserve and could never earn. It's on offer 
as a free gift. And our response is simply to say, yes, count me in. Forgive me, God, for that stuff that I've done that is so filthy and wrong. Forgive me. I believe, Jesus, that what you did, you died for me. The only uh, way that the perfect could die for the imperfect, that's me. But we are saved so that we can then serve. So that we can be his hands, arms, feet and mouthpiece. Wow, what a privilege and what an opportunity. And how can we seek to do any less than serve the one who has given up everything for the likes of you and me that's impacted the difference of our destination eternally? Makes no sense, does it? To just say, thanks very much, I'll have all of that, and then we just sit. Surely, our heartfelt response would be say, God, here I am. Use me. Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice for us, but we are encouraged in Romans chapter 2, verse 1, that in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. For this is your spiritual act of worship. Worship is when we lift up God's name in song. But the big bulk of our worship happens, as we were reminded by Paul uh, Ellis a few weeks ago, when we leave the doors of this building and seek to serve people and to love one another and to put all of that stuff that we've been discovering into practice. One church leader said, a saved heart is one that wants to serve. God bless you for all the stuff that many of you do. But as we've been thinking through what it means to be a part of this church, as we seek to see God clearly this year, we're going through ten values that were very relevant and real in the early church as it developed. We've looked at the importance of believing. We've looked at the value of worshipping, the value of praying, the value of belonging last week. And today it's serving. So please don't feel God out. This is not a nag at all. We're sharing this because this is a key core value of what it means to be a part of Dorchester Community Church. But I hope that it's his work that has maybe touched uh, a chord with you. Or maybe uh, encouraged you afresh that that which you are doing is important and good and right to keep going. And if you're unsure because you're new or you're just uh, thinking through, oh God, where do you want me? Take this as an opportunity that there is a place for you. It's very difficult for me to keep a straight face when sometimes people say, look, I know that probably you've got everything covered, but was there anything in the church that I could do? (laughs) And then I get picked up off the floor. That opportunities to serve sheet, which again isn't an exhaustive list. I think there's probably about 80 things on it. 80 opportunities. There are probably other things. If you're still unsure, come and see myself or David or Paul or Chris who are all sat strength of uh, unity there as elders. Obviously they've fallen out with Martin and Glenn over here. Not too sure what that's... Oh, there are the newies. Is that how it works? The longer you've been an elder, the more you progress to that side of the church and then earn a place nearer the toilets. I get it. Okay. See these guys, and I would challenge these other uh, five as well. 
that anybody that comes to you saying, I want to be involved where? You've got a week to find somebody where they could serve. There will be somebody, something for any person, every member of this church. There has to be. Why? Because if there is no role and no purpose for you, well, why are you still here? Not just at this church, but why are you still breathing? I'm serious. If you have breath in your nostrils, isn't that because God has given it? That you have a purpose in the here and now? Whatever that is. The only caveat to that is that there are seasons where ill health or major issues in individuals' lives make it maybe impossible for an actual act of service. And I get that. So please don't leave this place in, uh, in a sense of guilt if you're in that place. We're a large number. Um, and bless you for coming out today. There will be a few of you that this is just not the right time where God is wanting you to sit and to receive. But don't use that as an excuse for the next 14 years. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for Jesus who came to save us but who came very clearly saying, I am among you as one who served. And as we think of that parable that he told of the Good Samaritan and the huge challenges that there were, particularly for the people he shared that story with, he ended by saying, now you, go and do likewise. When he washed his disciples' feet, that they thought was so despicable, the lowest of the low, and what on earth was he thinking? He said at the close of that illustration, this is an example for you. I'm modelling that which now you are to be in terms of heart and in terms of how you view loving one another. God, give to us that heart. Encourage those who are massive servers in this place and amongst this people. And for others who are unsure where they might fit, Spirit of God, we invite you to touch them, not just to step up, but to actually take that courageous step of saying, God, I'm here. Where do you want me to be involved? What are the gifts that you have given to me? Because I want to be a participator, no longer a spectator. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And God's people said, that means you agreed.